This is episode 798 of Caracon Carne. Episode 800 will roll out on Monday the 12th, 9 a.m. It's 10 memorable moments from the long-running history of Caracon Carne. I'll get to tonight's guests in a second, but first I want to tell you about a book. I want to tell you about 90 Days in the 90s, written by Andy Fry. It's a book about going back in time. Haven't we all had moments where we thought, oh man, I wish I could go back and do X, Y, and Z. I wish I could go back and see that show at that place. I wish I could just relive that moment. Well, that's what Darby does, the character in 90 Days in the 90s. She is a Chicagoan. She owns a record store, and she goes back in time. She jumps on the gray line, which is like your standard CTA line, only this one goes back in time. And Darby goes back to the 90s in Chicago. Awesome book. I, I'm recording this on the 6th of December, which means the holidays are still a couple of weeks away, which means this would be an awesome gift or a stocking stuffer for friend, family member, colleague, anyone interested in that period of time musically or just cool fiction in general. 90 days in the 90s. Dot com is where you can find it. You can also find it on Amazon. It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And now here's the star of our show. James Van Chicago punk pioneers Sludgeworth are back, kind of. The Losers of the Year compilation is being pressed on vinyl for the very first time. It's an exciting moment. And to join me, or joining me, to talk about that release and all things Sludgeworth, I have Dan, Adam, and Brian from the band. I, I A year ago, I didn't think a conversation like this was even possible. But here we are talking about Sludgeworth at the end of 2022. It's yeah. wild. Yeah, who would have thought, right? Let's uh, let's start let's start at the beginning. I, you know, it's funny. I shared a picture sure. that was in your press kit. I shared it to my Instagram. One of the first people to respond to it was Joe Principe of Rise Against. Uh, he said, "Oh yeah, that picture for sure was taken at McGregor's in Elmhurst." That was that was a moment like that place. You guys, that scene influencing people like Joe of Rise Against, arguably one of the biggest bands in the world right now. Take me back to that period when Sludgeworth was active. Yeah, we, I mean, we played that club quite a bit, probably more than any band, I, I think, really, of in the Chicago area. And from what I, from what I remember, um, it was a, it was a cool place. It was a guy, his name, uh, Matt Nelson used to book shows every Sunday and it was a, a time where you know um, people were starting to notice punk rock and and but it wasn't mainstream yet but it, it was kind of um, you know like Green Day hadn't broke or anything like Offspring you know we played with both of those bands sure um, yeah um you know, Maybe I want to say else. even like Nirvana was pretty, pretty new at the time. Um, so, it, 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 you know, you had Nirvana and then you had. Um, it, you, you, I think people kind of felt like it that just the the winds of the time were just kind of moving in, in, in somewhat of the punk direction. And so you had a lot of bands from from that time that were, were coming through there. You know, like I said, Green, we had played with Green Day, Offspring, 
uh, jawbreaker, you know, they, they had come through. Um, and, um, well, you know, we were one of those bands that were just really into naked Ray gun and jawbreaker and bands like that. And playing at that time. And so, uh, yeah, we played there all the time. A lot of people when describing Sludgeworth say that you guys have a Midwestern sound. And I agree with that. I don't know if I'm saying that because of that kind of Reagan-esque OOOs that I would hear on songs like Never Say Never or Someday. Uh, but there is something to the Midwestern notion. I, there, there's an earnestness, Dan, like a full-throated earnestness to the way you attack these songs that feels, I don't know, Midwest. Is that crazy? It is yeah, I'm I'm the Midwest thing, you know, we were asked in an interview about, you know, if how important the Midwest was and I I think it was, but I mean, we all responded the same way, which was we listened to music and were inspired from music from everywhere. I I knew like we were you know, like for me, especially Naked Reagan were a pretty big deal, but um you know, we were just kind of, you know, inspired by everything. But, you know, to come think of it, yeah, there's probably a lot to be said for just being in the Midwest, just being a, a person from the Midwest versus I think we're a different breed in the Midwest versus like the West Coast or the East Coast. You know, um, I agree with that. That's that's kind of just my opinion on it but uh, you know i just think people in midwest are just typically built a little differently yeah built differently i don't know what the word i'm trying to look for but it's also the 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 time right so there's no there's no internet so it's like it's kind of hard to hear bands from the west coast east coast and you're kind of kind of forced to to be I don't want to say inspired or, or, or whatever, but by bands that are just around you, you know, like that you have access to, you know, it's a whole different yeah. world. You know what I mean? Like, like you almost can't. Yeah, help it. for sure. No, you can't. And and you, and you're, and the music that you play is, is definitely gonna, is gonna have that vibe. You can't, you can't shun it. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's kind of in you because it's what you're exposed to. I think, yeah, I think there's a lot to that. And like you, if you guys remember, like, you know, like, Southern California had like a little, had a vibe going and, you know, the East coast, well, definitely New York city had like New York city, like hardcore and all that. Boston had like a hardcore scene from the, you know, that they're, they're all kind of influenced by each other. So I, I think it's like, you know, the Midwest definitely had that kind of thing going, um, I think we were a part of that or definitely influenced by that. Um, but I agree with you guys. We kind of were like listening to all kinds of stuff as well as, you know, being in, just being in part of that environment from that time. Cause we were, you know, that age, you know? Yeah. So losers of the year pressed to vinyl on red scare. First time ever on vinyl listening back to these songs. I, I think they hold up remarkably well when you listen back to them, can you hear that? Or do you hear a bunch of kids playing punk rock? I think some of them hold up pretty well and some of them kind of don't, but I, I think they're still good even when they don't 
like the i'm happy basically so far it's a good it's a good to me i'm it's a a good accomplishment to be able to listen to him 30 years later and not like go god god what was i thinking you know what i mean because there's i definitely have records like that that i've that i've been a part of where i i go back and listen to him and i'm like you know practically you know holding my nose listening to it but um that's that's definitely not one of them so i'm pretty happy about that well how about you brian and adam when you Listen back to these songs you know, as you dug up uh, some previously unreleased things for this. What do you hear when you hear Sludgeworth in 2022? Um, you know, it's, it's funny. Me and me and my son were actually listening to it in the car today. And uh, as of late, like I've, you know, I've listened to it in the past, but never really gave it much thought. And as of late, probably given it, a little more thought and it's it, it's really like a time stamp like it, it, it it's more than a time it's like a time machine it's like you want to get you want to go back to 92 throw that record on um I, I think that they hold up i think that you know it's funny i cringe because there's there's things that i would have played differently or 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 kept tempos in check or whatever but that's kind of what made it punk um but i think that it, i think it's definitely with withstood the the test of time you know adam i totally cut you off so go ahead yeah i was saying you go ahead i wasn't <laughs> to say yet <laughs> but uh yeah i agree um honestly i feel like these are all really good catchy songs but i never understood the um i don't know some people's obsession with it which I think is awesome, and I love it. I'm happy that people love it that much, but um, I think it was most of our um, kind of just beginnings. Mm-hmm. And it was good. You know you know what's funny about that that obsession thing that you that you just kind of mentioned is it, it's funny because I've talked to so many people since the Red Scare release, and uh, I was talking to this guy, Christopher, and he's like, dude, he's like, you guys played you and I at the cubby bear for your first reunion show. And that's when I proposed to my wife, it's like, everyone has these mm-hmm. like stories about yeah. the song, these moments. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of yeah. cool. It's like when you're yeah. playing, when you're playing them, you don't really think, you know, you don't think about that stuff, but then mm. when you like, Oh wow. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's right. just kind of trippy. Yeah. And I don't mean to uh, anyone's, um, having meaning behind any of our songs or Offensive, bro. I just felt like I was like, yeah, it's just our fun music, and then people have uh, attached things to it because of the time in their lives, which is great. That's super cool. That's, that's got to make you feel amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, isn't that that's kind of the point of like, you know, when you when you make music or write songs, like you're trying to invoke a, a, a moment, if not if not in you and somebody else, right? So I guess we kind of succeeded unknowingly in that, right? Or maybe not. So, so Dan and Brian, this was a, a side project from Screeching Weasel that became a front project. And then the band broke up in 1992. Last show was in 93. Uh, yeah. what, what happened? Was this just a, a bunch of young musicians with egos clashing? Was this just artistic differences? What, why did Sledgeworth call it a day back then? Was it, was well, it I, I think we 
I think we still kind of disagree about it to this day, what? actually, because now, we were just talking. Right. What's that? I was saying we agree on this just so I could disagree with you. <laughs> oh, I see. Ah. Well, no, I, 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 well, maybe Brian and I disagree on it. I was kidding. Um, yeah, I, I thought see the music differences, but I did. I did. And I, I think like there was just, I think when you're young, you kind of, you, you start moving in different directions. I felt like, and I said this in an interview, I felt like I was kind of drifting away. Um, and so like looking back now, I didn't realize it at the time that I, maybe I did, but like, I, I really see it a lot clearer now that I'm older, you know, that that's what I was doing. Um, I felt um, just, it, I felt like this just was, just wasn't something wasn't working and i mean i i can remember getting in some arguments with you guys as well um and so you know i felt like um i don't know there's it's it's kind of a lot of things there was there was issues like i i, I tend to like things that a lot of music that's pretty simple um like my favorite um music whether it's whether it's the Ramones or Hank Williams or Tom Petty or like an early Who song, it's usually uh, I like a lot of stuff that is like three and four chords, and it seemed to me at that time that my bandmates kind of didn't. Um, so um, there was a lot of that as well. I thought they had good points with with it as as well. You know, you want to have dynamics and. I think that's what they were striving for back then. Um, so um, I, I, those are some of the things, um, you know. Um, I, I didn't expect this. To I don't feel know. As I didn't expect this to feel as uncomfortable as it did bringing it up just now. Well, yeah. I mean, well, we were just talking about it recently, you know, right. and and the the those guys had gone on and did a band, and I, you know, I did another other projects and so i think there's always been a little weirdness <laughs> with it yeah, you know no, i'm just speaking frankly here but i i mean i still you know love these guys and had a great i thought had a you know a pretty amazing experience at the same time so yeah. you know it's 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 both it's not it doesn't fit into one easy you know category right you, you, know, what's, you know what's funny is that um it's 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 funny because 30 years later we're still trying to answer the question of why we broke up do you know what i mean i think so, so yeah i think so and, and because you know i and believe me so it's been haunting me i guess technically for 30 years because it's like yeah we were all young and we were kind of going we were trying we wanted to try new stuff we wanted to experiment and i understand and i get dan's point the the thing is i didn't get dan's point until much much later but like <clears throat> and and part of part of my fear at the time was when i was in screeching weasel screeching weasel was more hardcore you know what i mean it was faster it was it was more like Are you a, talking early early on i'm talking early, like yeah, back when, in when, your yeah when when i yeah, when yeah. i was in weasel and right and, right and then it changed to like the three chord, 
you know, kind of more Ramonesy stuff. And that's, and I wasn't interested in that. And, and maybe I think, and then with, with Sludgeworth, I was a, you know, it was, it, there was dynamic and that was exciting. And then going back to maybe three chord is maybe what gave me the heebie jeebies or, or whatever. I don't know, but it, it, you yeah, know, it, it just sucks to still even be thinking about it 30 years later as to why. Yeah. No, I, well, and, and that's the, that's the thing is I, I can remember bringing a lot of song ideas, you know, to practice. I'm like, ah, I don't know. It's kind of, it's a little too simple or it's the same drum beat. And I'm like, shit, I'm never going to be able to write a song with these guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That um, so sense. because like that, to this day, that's still how I write songs 30 years um, later. I don't really write I, I don't don't like writing songs to that are simple for the sake of being simple. I just tend to like songs that are simple. Right. I I want a good song first. And I think like I think what we did is we were able to balance some balance the two for a while and then we weren't able to balance it anymore. Right. And then see. it's something something got lost where there were just too many ideas that were going kind of all over the place. And like I just I wasn't really into it. And so that's the musical differences that I'm talking about. Gotcha. You know. Yeah. So like, um, you know, and, and just other stupid crap of just being, I, I think being young is part of that too, because, and, and like you said in an email, a lot of it's communication, you know, I, it just, the communication was bad, but again, you know, I struggle with communication now and it's like, right. you know, I, it, let alone being a 21 year old kid, right. you know? Well, that's the thing too, is like, you know, you have, everybody in the band had a strong personality. Do you know what I mean? There was no, yeah, there, was, sure. there was no, there was nobody docile in the band. There was no one, no one in the band was just going along for the ride. Like everybody had an opinion. Everybody had something to say. So when you did have an issue, it was you against four, you against three, you against two, you know, and, yeah. and what, yeah. situation. Sure. so that made the communication a little difficult because and plus it could get vol it could get heated you know what i mean like when when people did have an opinion they were very staunch and and their and their beliefs or their their whatever so it's like you didn't even want to approach it you know just just for the sake of argument um i think you know we're going back 30 years i have a hard time yeah. remembering what i did last weekend so right but, right 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 you know i i'm thinking just in terms of of hindsight and like and really you know, you know, James, we, we weren't, we weren't like bands are now. Like we, no members lived in different state. We hung out. Like yeah. we, we rehearsed religiously, like almost, well, almost daily. Well, I'm, I, you know, Brian, I'm glad that you said that because it's one of the things I look back and I'm really proud about is that out of every band that I've ever been in, like the band had probably the best i don't know if work ethic is the right word but we rehearsed like fucking crazy and like i'm like one back then i i don't 
I'm wondering if it's part like growing up in Little League where I had a coach that was always like pushing, you know, and that played on my subconscious or something. Maybe. Because I felt like I, I I wanted to do that all the time too. All right, come on, let's go. We got to do it, you know. And we would do the set twice, and then we would work on new songs. Yeah, yeah. Wow. We would do the songs. Like, and, like, I, like, I haven't whoa, been a in a band since that, that does that. You know what I mean? And and it really did pay off though, because like um, it sounded pretty pretty good. And like what a lot of people. Well, this is a little interesting tidbit i guess but on losers of the year i don't know if you guys remember this or not but that uh the song you and i is actually is actually done live it's a i did one vocal of uh i did i did one overdub of of backing vocals at the end the hey 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 and dave did one one guitar track um, of an overdub so Everything else on that is live with me singing in the room with bleed in the mics and everything. And you just don't, mm-hmm. you don't hear that anymore. Nope. Like bands just don't, no bands record like that anymore. And like, um, um, I always loved how that turned out and it's, it's, yeah. it was live, you know? Um, and so and that was that solid. I, I don't think I've ever had that experience. I know, a matter of fact, I know I haven't had that experience with with any other. Ba- that's the one and only time I've ever had it. Hmm. And so, and I thought it turned out really great. That's yeah. you know, I'm, I realized vocals were in that take as well. Yeah, vocals take. were live. Everything was live. It was like I said, with bleed in the mics and everything, and. Well, it just, that was the take. Um, So, um, you know, I don't know. I think that's dust Um, and like something I'm really kind of proud of. I don't don't know if that translates to somebody that's going to pick up the the CD, but maybe if you're a musician, you might like that. You know what I mean? I I, I don't know. Yeah, they might nerd out on those things. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's Yeah, maybe. It's an approach that worked for the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, right, like right, the <laughs> right. So if you like the Beatles, you're going to love Sludgeworth. Hey, Dan, <laughs> since you mentioned it, what was your position in Little League? I played third, third base, second base, and uh, left field. So third, third base. You had the arm, then you were able to get those guys. Not out really. First. Not really. They they put me there and then put me to second base. I was a pitcher. Oh, nice. Were you? So we had a coach that would have us, you know, um, practice quite a bit. And I think, you know, like later on in life, I kind of look back at that time. I'm like, God, I think maybe that's where I was getting that shit from, you know? Sure. Like drive, 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 you know? And, Um, and, And the teamwork. I mean, you talked about how you guys hung out together. I mean. Right, right. That, that kind of, we are, we're a gang. Like we're in this together. We, it really was. And I think, you know, I, I, people ask us a lot of questions about like, you know, typical band stuff. Right. But it wasn't like that. It was, it almost didn't even feel like a band. It it just, we were always, somebody was always with somebody. Either Dave was with Strat. I was with Dan. Adam was with Dave. You know what I mean? There was always, 
some part of the band was together somewhere at some time. And then we would all come together in my mom's basement and jam and people would show up and it was like a show night every night. And it was super unique. It was definitely, you, you won't, you'll never get that back. You'll never get that vibe back. Yeah. It's, it was definitely a right. Just a time in our lives. You know what I mean? Just, um, well, it was like, like, like you said, we rehearsal was really like a mini party all the time. You know what I mean? All the time. Here. Yeah. I mean, especially like on, I remember those Friday night rehearsals. So they would even be like friends coming by and like, you know, we're drinking and like, you know, we're just doing our set and everything and they're kind of hanging out. And then when we were done, we would just kind of drink some more. And then, you know, we kind of <laughs> repeat the same thing the following week, you know, you yeah. know, it was, it was funny. My dad would, my, my, my father would come down. Right. And, and he was, and he was kind of like a scary dude, you know, just like in his demeanor and, and everyone would kind of have that Oh shit moment. <laughs> and he'd be like, Brian, who didn't close the gates? Like there's beer everywhere. <laughs> there's like, there's 30 people. And, and my, and my dad was upset about the, the fucking gate being open. Yeah. That's some weird cognitive I, I dissonance going thing, on there. Brian. <laughs> I want to say that your dad was was uh, was pissed about that more than once, wasn't he? But the gate, well, yeah, because someone always left the gate open. Yeah. Someone always left the gate open. He would be pissed. <laughs> but that he wasn't mad about anything else. I didn't care about the music. Your mom no, didn't care really about the music great, or the, the beer way. or all the people. It was the fuck. It was the fucking gate. Like <laughs> it was the gate. Yeah, yeah. I totally forgot about the gate. <laughs> so losers of the year completely was... left me. Losers of the Year was a compilation that came out after the breakup. This was uh, a collection of stuff that Lookout put out in 95. Timing-wise, you mentioned Green Day. You mentioned The Offspring. They were white hot at the time. It seemed like a great time to introduce the world at large to Sludgeworth. What was that What was that moment all about? Were there expectations of you jumping back in, or was this just kind of like, hey, these guys are great. We should acknowledge it and move on. Was it just kind of like a putting a... a a cherry on the Sunday, so to speak. I guess, yeah. I mean, there were just everything that that we had we had, and then you know, um, we we got involved with Lookout Records, and uh, they they had put it out. But yeah, yeah, it was a thing that you know. All right, so this is our final thing that we're doing, and had some of the tracks from the. Uh, a seven inch that we had put out another from the LP and then some on other unreleased tracks that were on there. And, uh, this new one has even two more of unreleased tracks that we managed to dig up. Um, so, uh, with a video, a I think this came out this morning. Yeah. We're recording on the six that right. just came out this morning. Yeah. We, yeah. back then we never intended to like play shows and everything. It was just a release of, our stuff yeah so we didn't yeah, touch to we, get it out there you know we talked about the acrimony the breakup you're here together i guess there's a two-part question one do you guys like each other two will there be a reunion show now that the record is out uh who wants to answer that if i, I could punch in right now i would no i'm kidding i love dan yeah 
I'm no Danny. You, can, you, pun, you punch me, I'm going to be out for the fucking count, man. <laughs> the size of his head. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, look at him. He's like, it's like. <laughs> I've known Dan since I was about 13 years old. We've known each other and I love Dan. Um, yeah. I love to do a show. It's usually uh, Dave is usually the hold up, which he's got his weird reasons and we're not sure exactly what they are. Yeah, I talked to I talked to Strat too, and I kind of got a I kind of got a weird vibe, you know. At the end of the day, um, it's funny because we've done quite a not quite a few, but we've done a few shows. So we did mm-hmm. the Cubby Bear, we did Riot Fest, the first was it the first one? Um, uh, we, yeah, like two thousand seven, I want to say. Yeah, then we did right. then we um. Then we did Reggie's and then we did Insubordination Fest. So we've done several, several shows before. And what's funny is like, they've always been really good and a lot of fun. And for the life of me, I cannot figure out what, what the holdout is, especially with, especially with the new release and a new, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to speak on it much here. I'm going to leave it at, I want to do shows in whatever capacity that has to happen. I'm down for, and I can't speak for anybody else, but um, trying to figure out the why to it, I, I'm done kind of done with figuring out, trying to figure that out. Cause I just get frustrated and it's like, I don't get it. And, and if, if someone doesn't want to do it just because they don't want to do it or they don't see a point that that's, that's up to them. You know, that's their, that's their life. They don't have to. Well, I, on this side of the interview, please know that we all want you to do it. If you can find a way to do it, we all want to see you do this. Yeah, I, thank you. Yeah, I I get a lot of messages like this as well. And uh, it's just something we're going to have to f- try to figure out. Um, I, I'm with both of them. I, I, I'd like to as well. Um, I think it would be a lot of fun. I, I think... Um, the how at this point is just kind of the logistics of, 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 of moving and doing it are kind of what's what we're facing at the moment. Yeah. There's some moving parts that, that would definitely have to be worked out, but um, you know, it, I don't know. I mean, it would be, it would be, I would look forward to being in the same room and it won't be in my mom's basement, but, and the gate will be fucking closed, but it, <laughs> it, 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 you know, at some point it would, it would be, you know, you don't look, James, we're all getting older, right? It's, it's pretty, I mean, look at Adam, you know, we're, we're getting old. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, was, this was, this was how Sludgeworth was like, we cracked on each other and it was always, it was never a problem. Like we, that we, that's how we got along. And that's why I want to play with these guys again. Cause you don't get that. You you don't get that chance in life very often. You don't, you don't get to go back. There's a lot of, if you look back on your life, you don't, you don't get to redo shit a whole lot. And, and when you get an opportunity to kind of go back in time a little bit, you should probably jump on it sooner than later. And in my opinion, you know, Agreed. Well, I'm sure because you know Dan. Dan calls me all the time talking about playing third base, you know, in little league, and they just won't. They right. won't let him, 
they won't let him on the team anymore, James. So put, yeah. put me in, coach. Best. Come on, I want to yeah, play. Yeah. Put, me put me in. Right, right. There you <laughs> go, man. Has has the jersey with the vapid on the back? Yeah, number sixty nine. Yeah, yeah. So 69. losers of the year. <laughs> I was trying to think of a punk rock number. Maybe that's not a punk. No, nah, that's good. Yeah, okay. I, I, you, you did great. Thirteen would have been a better one, probably. Thirteen, sixty-nine. You know, six, 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 whatever. Thirteen it's would all, be more... it's all available at the alley. <laughs> yeah, totally. Thirteen would have been more appropriate for losers of the year. That seems like yeah. a better numerical tie-in, uh, which is on sure. vinyl. Which, how cool is it to have it on vinyl? After uh, all this time, great. Do you know, I'm really I'm, great. I'm more excited. Um, well, I'm excited to read the the liner notes because I'm well, really curious. All right, who wrote the liner notes? I mentioned Princeby at the beginning of the interview. He's there's in there, a, right? There's a well, yeah. It's just something that you know Toby from Red Scare had put together, and he had uh, Dillinger. He had a lot of people. Yeah, hmm. Patty yeah. from Dillinger Four, Brandon Lawrence Arms is on there. Uh, Joe Principe's on there. Jeff Bazzotti's on there. Oh, wow. Uh, what about the dude Darryl from Daryl from the Bow Evils is on there. And there's a couple other people that are on there that are escaping me at the moment. But and you, yeah, you, haven't, they, you haven't seen what they wrote yet? No. No, I, no, I, I oh, have. Okay. Oh, just did. Have, yeah, he showed, he showed me a, a while ago. Well, yeah. was, it kind of, was it kind of emotional to read what your contemporaries and friends wrote? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, it was... It, yeah yeah it, it it was um there was some funny stuff in there i've sure. where patty from dillinger fours was probably my favorite it's like if they were a band for like 15 more seconds <laughs> you know like or minutes or whatever they could have done you know it's just like they broke up just a little too soon you know but just he said it in terms of like actual like 15 minutes or something it, it just i don't know it was very funny when i read it back and i i think there's truth to that not to, not to throw salt but i think there's truth to that i mean you guys like i said listening back i mean this stuff holds up so incredibly well you guys were lightning in a bottle thanks thank you you know but everything everything kind of works out how it's supposed to you know what i mean Fair. and, and- I, I tell you the truth, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I think that if 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 we did hang on to those 15 more minutes, I I would think that that some of us probably wouldn't still be here. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like not yeah. and not, like, not I'm not trying to be like funny or anything, but I think like seriously, I think that it I think that there are people that were in this band that could that could handle um, maybe a. a, a a higher level of whatever you want to call it. And, and I think there are people that wouldn't be able to handle it. And I think the people that wouldn't would, we wouldn't, they wouldn't be here right now. And I know it sounds kind of grim and sad, but right. you know, sometimes shit just works out how it's supposed to. True enough. Well, losers of the year on vinyl for the very first time, Chicago punk pioneers. I, I don't think that's an exaggeration. You are Chicago punk pioneers, Sludgeworth. Uh, what a pleasure talking yeah, about your, you. your history, yeah. music. I, I really, I really got. I, I'm excited to have had the chance to talk to you. Thank you for having us, James. Yeah, awesome. thanks a lot. 